Hello and welcome to All Aboard, the UK's first podcast dedicated to transport, data and innovation, brought to you by ODI Leeds. I'm Neil McClure, Head of Transport Innovation at ODI Leeds and Head of New Transport Dedicated ODI Leeds spin-off, Open Transport North. The subject of today's podcast episode is demand-responsive transport. I'm joined for today's episode by two guests, Rebecca Reeve-Burnett and Asiya Jalani. Hello to you both. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Hello. Demand-responsive transport, or DRT, is transport that is typically passenger-centred public transport with flexible routes, flexible pickups and drop-offs, flexible or no timetabling, and often operating in small, medium-sized vehicles. DRT has, in simple form, existed for decades, with services like community transport, dial-a-ride, and others. But the recent digital disruption and innovations in mobility services has led to a new dawn of technology-enabled services springing up. In the UK, there are a number of different models in operation today. Some of the higher-profile projects and pilots include Flex, City Mapper's Smart Ride in London, Pick Me Up in Oxford, Slide in Bristol, and there are many more. Our two guests today represent two such organisations heading up that innovation. Asia runs Arriva Click, with operations in Sittingbourne in Kent and more recently in Liverpool. Arriva Click is a flexible minibus service that connects multiple passengers all heading in the same or similar direction via their dedicated mobile app and transports them in luxury minibuses. It's a spin-off from the larger Arriva bus group. Rebecca runs crowdsourcing travel platform Vermoose with a reach across several locations in England through partnerships with different operators. Vermoose was founded by the Transdev Group based here in Yorkshire. Using the Vermoose platform, any user can suggest a journey of their choice, such as a trip to an event or even a new route. Other users can then register for that route, and the more people that travel, the cheaper it gets for each individual. So that's the intros to you both done. Rebecca, we'll start with you. Tell us a bit more about Vermoose, what you do and why it's different. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks Neil. Um, there's two, two principles that are underpinning what we do um, at Vermoose. The first of those is, is crowdfunding, um, and the second is bringing in a demand responsive element, which is, I think, why I'm involved in this conversation, that um, we were trying to be more reactive to the demands of our customers. Um, I think that's that's the biggest way for moves is an innovation um, in this industry. And we're bringing t- together those two principles to create new services. And as you say, sometimes that's just a one-off trip to an event, a destination, a day out. Um, but more often than not, we're looking at new routes into um, primarily schools or workplaces um, but we could also apply um, the moves to the traditional bus link between two places um, not necessarily serving a, a institution. Great thank you and Asia tell us a bit about Arriva Click. Hi yes thanks Neil. Um, Arriva Click is a fully flexible demand responsive bus service uh, which we've developed within Arriva. As you said in your intro it's smart minibuses that operate around a zone in a fully flexible way. So they respond completely to uh, the demands of customers. So a customer can select a virtual bus stop within an app um, as a pickup point and a drop-off point, and we will provide them with an estimated time of arrival, a price for the journey, and if they accept, they can then track the vehicle within the app and we will arrive and all the payment is cashless and virtual. Great. Both sound excellent. Some of the uh, companies already working in demand-responsive transport that I mentioned earlier are independent, small startup companies. But the common thing with both of yours is they've both been sprung out of existing, more traditional 
larger bus companies. Where did the idea for it come from and, and what made, made your company want to get into the world of demand-responsive transport? Um, so for Arriva, um, we're one of the, the top three largest bus and transport operators uh, in the UK. We're across Europe in 14 countries. So clearly our core and mainstream business is in bus and rail, and that's what most people know us for. But in in being a provider in the market, you obviously have a responsibility as, as a market shaper and a market leader as well. And for a number of years within the, the transport industry, I think, you know, we all face the same challenges. We um, have you know, different levels of success as businesses, but um, overall there is a, a general decline in the long term um, of patronage across all public transport, um, bus and train uh, and, and other modes. And so, you know, as a as a country, as a as a nation, we are falling out of love, if you will, with public transport. And I guess as a, as an in, you know as an operator within the in- industry, we've seen that for a number of years in terms of what do we need to do to address that and respond to that. And part of it is about improving the services and operations we've got so that we are very relevant to people. But the other side is actually can we respond and develop services that actually um, react more to the changes that we're seeing in consumer lifestyles? So, you know, we've seen lots of changes over the last however however many years in technology, how people access services, and most other industries have responded to that and really flipped it the other way and thought, actually, as a consumer, rather than make you come and access our services in the way we want to offer them, let's think about how you live, how your lives are, and develop something more flexible so that's where it's come from you might not expect it but my answer is actually very much the same (laughs) um in fact it's exactly the same we are all recognizing in the industry that we need to do something if passengers numbers are declining um and Vermouth is simply our reaction to that. We're, we're seeing challenges. We are seeing that we need to use our resources more efficiently, like everybody is. Um, and Vermouth allows us to do that. We are seeing reductions in local authority funding. Um, so we need to find something to replace that previous income with. But at the same time as passenger numbers might be going down, we are faced with increasing requests for new services or services from new places um, that are often quite close to what we already do, um, but sometimes are completely new. We're we're being asked all the time to fill those gaps in the transport market that that exist. And being quite risk-averse as an industry, it's quite difficult to step into that gap and just provide something for somebody. The costs, the the regulations that we, we operate within don't really allow you to simply say okay let's start a new bus route there um so what we've got here is vermouth and click in very different ways i think responding to that and saying to customers yes we can do more and it can be more about what you want it to be than what we want it to be um and here's how we're going to achieve it and yeah they do it in slightly different ways but essentially it's about giving the customers more what they want than just doing more of the stuff we've always done before. I'm particularly fascinated, and we've spoken about this on the podcast before, with about consumer-driven changes in, in public transport, particularly, especially when they're enabled or driven by technology as well. Um, and it sounds like both of your platforms are, are, are doing that. And it, there's also, I suppose, it's, it's, it sounds a bit like the bus industry responding to challenges outside, like Uber and like ride-sharing and, 
um, personalized, customer-driven sort of demand, demand-responsive transport. What's what's the views of your colleagues back in back in the uh, the bus companies of of the future of travel and and particularly demand responsive transport and 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 how it it may impact or or change uh, the more traditional business. I think maybe from the old guard, you've got a bit of hesitancy that you know that you know why do we need to do anything different? This is but that's that we really need to break out of that. I think most of the newer people in the industry, the people who are thinking, who are innovating, um, they're so supportive of it and, and actually recognise that something needs to happen a bit differently because people aren't the same as they were, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago. Um, people's habits are changing, the way they access information, the way they access their services, it's completely different. And buses have come quite a long way, but not not wholly changed like some other industries have it's you know we've not come um completely changed the way we deliver things um and that's potentially what we need to do do we go back to that sort of starting principle which is i think is what we're trying to do of what does the customer want us to deliver um and that that can be really really positive and loads of people will think the answer is different but um, that's where we need to sort of start from from scratch yeah and if i if i, I could start to that i think uh, speaking from an Eva click perspective in terms of that model because it is different to Vermoos um in that sense in in many ways as a model it is not dissimilar to other services that historically people would have said are demand responsive services like dial ride community transport type services and so there is a school of thought I guess that these you know been around for a while they come they go uh maybe this is one that will do the same and I think, you know, the fundamental difference, I guess two fundamental differences with uh, of where we are now is exactly as you said, the um, advances in technology and what that enables us to do now is far in advance of, of what was possible previously. And this isn't even the simple side of the customer app that everyone just thinks of, oh, yes, everyone's got an app and they can book it, which of course is important. The other parts of the technology, which are, are the back-end platform, the algorithms that 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 look at the demand and make thousands of decisions you know in in milliseconds to offer a most efficient um journey and offer to a, to a customer um are at a stage that they've never been before and that's the exciting bit having demand on one platform and then having supply and looking for the most advantageous um seat to fill that you know for that person to take and at the moment that's a number of minibuses for us. There is no reason why that couldn't be all the seats that we offer at some point in the future if this is you know, the way that people want to access our services. Um, so I think there's that side of it. The other side is, fundamentally, and we've been quite open about this in, in, in all ways we talk about it, I don't think as a business yet, we believe that this is going to, you know, this is the panacea and will replace all fixed networks and, and bus services the way they are at the moment because clearly moving people and mass transit along high frequency corridors for that the bus remains the most efficient and the best way to do that and and trains and all of that kind of thing what we're really saying is what can we do around the edges um and to fill the gaps which i think what rebecca was saying about you know the the bits that the, the the services don't offer now and i think you know people within the business recognize that we haven't and we need to grow and this is an opportunity and you know, as as much as, you know, uh, you have traditionalists, I guess, in any industry, 
we've got a huge, um, I would say, growing level of support inside and outside the business. And the final thing I'd say is that, you know, the market is dictating it, as you said. You know, it isn't just Uber that we were talking about. In the in the three years I've been doing this role, the pace of change is immense. And, you know, if I look at the competitive landscape, there's, you know, more players every day that are coming in, smaller players wanting to respond to what customers want in the market. And, it, and it's fascinating seeing the innovation. There's lots of innovation in mobility and transport that is about the vehicle so new new ways new vehicles and new battery you know you know source of power or whatever it is with this um the innovation is in the way a traditional mode of transport is delivered to someone and made available to someone so the the innovation is in the tech with a, a pretty normal vehicle really um and it's the same with dockless bikes the bike has existed for centuries millennia um but as soon as you bring in a mobile device and connect that with that bike, you have an entirely new platform and a way of connecting people and, and getting people moving around cities. You're right that what we're delivering with Vermouse, when it happens, it looks very much like, well, it's just a bus. It's a bus and it goes out and it picks people up and it takes them somewhere. And that is not in any way novel or, or even exciting. It's what's happened for, for a very long time. It's the technology that allows us to do it in a different way but it's also the concept that we're not just we're not just running those high frequency corridor routes that bus, buses are great at we're adding to that and the way we're doing it is is what's exciting the bus that then gets on the road is is the same as any other um you know it's, they're lovely <laughs> but they're not <laughs> the exciting bit of all of this and i'm sure um you know you'll say the same that actually it's the minibuses that you guys are running at Click are lovely and they're great, but that's not the exciting bit. And even the app isn't the exciting bit because it's it's not for us. It's a great place where people can go and they can have a look at the trips we're doing. They can input their ideas. They can get the tickets. It's a mobile ticketing app as well. But actually, that on its own as a piece of technology isn't helping us to create new services. It's the stuff that happens in the background where where we're looking at that data and where we're bringing it through um, and actually making these decisions on where new services can run or new trips are going to happen um that that's the exciting bit that's what's new here i think yeah i i agree with um with most of that the one bit i'd, I'd probably just put a counterpoint into um and, and this is not because I am absolutely wedded to our beautiful Mercedes Sprinter vehicles, despite the fact that you know, I, I do, I do actually, I find myself um, in that way, scarily becoming quite, um, yeah, quite affectionate about those vehicles. But um, on a more serious point, actually, they are a minibus. But one of the things that we did, we have looked at, and um, you know, we're still learning, we're still growing. So by no means do I want to kind of make the point that you know we know it all and this is the right way, but. What, one of the areas we looked at when we were researching Reeve Click was around what puts people off from using the bus now and public transport now. And, you know, one of the key features of, uh, particularly with non-bus user um, kind of feedback, was around the environment and personal space. And um, I guess their identity that's attached to their car, particularly if they're kind of high-end car users, and, you know, uh, I won't name any brands, but particular particular cars spring to mind. And so what we tried to do with the interior of that vehicle, despite the fact that it is, in essence, a bus, is try to replicate some of the other public transport things that we've seen where 
it doesn't seem to make a difference. So people who maybe see don't, don't see themselves as a bus user happily use a train. So, you know, we've got sound like small things, but seats that face each other, a table that gives some you know, more of an element of personal space so you don't feel as crowded. Um, you know, we say they're nice minibuses, but actually from an identity point of view, if you, you know, if that helps with how you see yourself and, and the way you travel around, then leather seats, a nice interior, Wi-Fi helps to shift that. And, you know, the the final thing I'd say on it is that the modal shift that we've seen with the click is what is really excited us about it. So, you know, within the pilot and sitting born, we've seen an 80% shift from non-bus modes and actually 50% of those have shifted from private cars and taxis. And you will know that, you know, that is a, is a very difficult thing to do actually to get people out of cars. And, and that's what we're seeing people are doing. And I'm not saying that the vehicle and the Wi-Fi is, is the sole reason for that, but it's kind of, it's all part of, of, you know, what is, seems to be working in terms of attracting people to, to use it. And, and in terms of how you, are you connecting people to other other modes of transport as well? I guess I'm thinking connections with train stations or um, other modes, sort of a first mile, last mile proposition, or or is it um, sort of full journey, getting people out of their out of their cars for a full commute, or, or, or what do you what do you what are you seeing? Yeah, it's a good question. Both actually, um, and the reason I say that is. So when we look at an area and and, and assess uh, a zone um, and look at what features it has to to have the propensity to take up DRT services. And one of the features absolutely is, are there enough origins and destinations within the zone? So people would you know, find it quite difficult if you can travel part way of your journey and then you have to jump off the Ariva click and then call yourself a taxi, for example, to get to the rest of it. Um, and also, are there other onward points within that? So train stations, big bus stations so that it covers that first and last mile kind of um challenge that we all know you know exists in terms of 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 offering the convenience to people so we're seeing both so within Sittingbourne we've got two train stations and some we've had modal shift from that inter-domestic kind of I said domestic within the zone train but also people who would otherwise have driven to the station and then get that onward train out and into London with Liverpool, we're in week six, so uh, it's a little early to say, but there is definitely enough travel hubs, and we've got the airport as well, and we're quickly seeing, actually, there's lots of uh, journeys being pulled from the airport. So, um, so yeah, interesting, but we definitely see it as, as both, um, not one or the other. I think at the moment with Vermoos, we're, we're mainly providing that end-to-end journey, but what quite a deliberate thing that we've done in, in creating this is we've we've sort of made it placeless already Vermoos isn't necessarily run by Transdev we've created it it's our brand um, but it doesn't have to be used by us so we license it to other operators in other areas of the country recognizing that we only have a relatively small footprint across Yorkshire and Lancashire in in this country Um, so we're able to offer Vermoos services in other areas through that licensing but that doesn't necessarily have to be to another bus company it is at the moment, um, but we believe that in the future, Vermoos will be multimodal as well as, as multi-operator. I mean, why not? If you can license to a bus company and a taxi company to provide you know, high, high number, you know, mass, mass demand services with the bus 
and then the smaller end-to-end last mile sort of services with a taxi or a minibus or, or something else um, we're getting into the realms of mobility as a service there um, and we think we can offer something to that market because we've deliberately made sure that it you know it doesn't say transdev on it anywhere really it's not because we want to disassociate ourselves with it because obviously we're very proud of what we've done but we we recognize that that might be a barrier if we said vermouth is just for us but actually we've got bigger ambitions for it than that and, and we want it to be a uk wide um but even on top of that you know we're an international company why aren't you know why shouldn't we be talking to transdev australia or, or transdev in the netherlands about whether we can use it there and, and we are um, i've got a bit of learning to do about what the transport network is like in other countries but um that's a possibility so what is vermouth then is it is it a bus service is it a ride sharing service is it private vehicle hire is it all of those or none of those could be any of those but i'd say it probably isn't um <laughs> it's difficult i sometimes i describe it to people as a concept we're bringing together two concepts that sort of haven't been brought together before the DRT and the crowdfunding. And I accept that we aren't demand responsive in the way Ariva Click is, because you can't you can't call Vermouth and it won't be there immediately. But we're we're almost mass demand responsive. We're we're finding groups of people who want to take the same journey and bring them together. Adding to that crowdfunding. So we're offering people lower prices as more people join, which is, encourages them to bring other people on board and, and that group of people then gets bigger. Um, that's what Vermouth is. It, it's a way to find out where the demand is and actually deliver a service um, in a way that you're certain that it's going to work from, from the very start. doesn't really answer your question because <laughs> it's not any of the things you said. Um, because it, it, it doesn't have to be delivered even by a bus. It could be delivered by, by anything. So, um, yeah, a concept. I'll go back to that. I think that yeah, was the first I think concept. that works. I think that works <laughs> as a description for it, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting listening to Rebecca there because I, I think when I, I guess when we started this journey, we'd very much have said the same. And I have always described it as de- demand-responsive transport because you're trying to message and create the change, I guess, out there and, to as soon as you say bus i guess people it's a it's a a very traditional mode of transport people have a certain understanding of it it isn't difficult to understand the concept of a bus um and so by calling it a transport um a demand response transport it was it was to get that message out that it's actually some it's different it's flipping it on its head it's centering around you as a customer it's fully flexible it runs according to your rules I'm talking about that as if it's in the past, mainly because I guess the journey I've been on over the last couple of years in speaking to local authorities and others, I think what does really stand us apart from the ride-sharing companies and all the smaller players as you've described them, um, because they're also technology-enabled services that allow people to pool and, and share their ride with others, is that where we come from is from a place where we want to strengthen the the backbone and the spine of public transport. So, you know, yes, our minibuses are smaller than the the big double deckers, and you can get less people on board. But fundamentally, our um, kind of vision is that more people share their ride with other people traveling in a similar direction, um, which takes individual cars off the road and fundamentally with a number of ride sharing um 
uh, companies, and I accept there's a place in the market for all, they are adding to that those congestion and you know slowing down our roads and you know we all live in the north so we know what a big issue that is in terms of what congestion does to to the roads and so fundamentally I guess now when I describe it I very much describe it as a demand responsive bus service because those two elements are the important elements it is demand responsive it's as agile as ride sharing but it is actually a public transport service and it is about getting more people to share their ride and get those individual vehicles off the road. I want to talk a little bit about data. We're obviously in the Open Data Institute for the recording, so we can't not talk about the data. Um, for for the services that you've run, what have you seen in the data? What have you observed either about, or, well, and what have you learned either about passengers and your users or, or about yourselves and your service? And how are you using that data to um, inform and improve what, what you do? For for the services we have run, some some of the really key data has been about modal shift. Really, you know, are these people new to bus? And on the whole, yes, yes, they are. And I think that tells us. I mean, you mentioned that for click, was it eighty percent in Sittingbourne were, were not previously bus users. Um, we've seen something similar on on the single trips that we've run um at Vermoos where we've where we've done pop-up trips to to various places clearly that's designed to drop in where there's a gap in the market so we we've seen nearer to sort of 90% non-bus users going on those um so for for the trips that we've delivered that's key that's coming out um i'd say looking looking ahead the the th- the exciting thing that we're doing with with data is that we're, we're looking for those gaps. We know where the gaps are, sorry. We're not looking for the gaps. We're looking for where there's the data about demand that is going to help us to fill that those gaps. So when we're going out and talking to customers and when we're asking people to tell us where do you want a new service to go or a new trip to, um, it's really exciting to see all of that come in and very clearly show you that there's an opportunity somewhere. Um, that's the main thing that we're we're gathering, um, which is again, it's allowing us to really clearly see where where we can you know kick Vermoos into action and then take it forward and deliver some new some new services. Yeah, so the, I mean, the data question is is um, a really interesting one for uh, for an Ariva Click perspective. So it's an extremely data rich product and service, as you'd expect, because everything is booked through the app and all the all the data we collect um on everybody is is in a uniform way um and it's technology based so it, you know it's easy to to collate what is amazing you know for me working within a larger bus company is that we have we know more about our our click customers than the majority of people know about our bus customers because you know you know to give you a simple example uh, based on the, the ticketing system and the way we are on, on big bus, we know where people get on. We don't necessarily know where they all get off. So a simple um, factor that, you know, we know that sits in data sets all around the world, origin and destination, we have all of that and we have all of that from day one. And so it really, what it really helps us to do is really understand our customers in a way that very quickly that you know we've been been unable to do, I guess, on other modes. And so, if I just give you 
an example um, in terms of click. So we know where they, we know their origins and destinations. Um, and because the nature of the service is very interactive. So um, say, for example, you book your journey um, and you a minute late getting to the pickup point, our customer will text in and we have customer operators who are overseeing the system and they text back and they, and they converse with the passengers. And so with our customers, we have conversations with them daily. So, you know, we understand their needs, what, you know, what inquiries they have, and then we can also see the data of how they travel. And so, um, very data rich allows us to understand our customers a lot better. We have, surveyed them often as well as the learning as we said and um so we understand that modal shift which is is really important for us as well so i think they are the kind of principles i'd say that we understand exact all i guess all facts of the journeys we understand what the customer wants um and we can use that data to make data-led decisions which i think you know every business wants to do um and the trick is being able to collect the data and use it meaningfully. And I think that's what we've been able to do with the region. Sure. F- phenomenal sets of data that the bus industry has probably never seen before, as you, as you say, about, you know, on, and now gets to see data about passengers that you wouldn't get in, as you say, big bus. Yeah, very much so. And, and you know, to, to, to be fair to uh, colleagues, there are lots of pieces of work that, you know, I'm sure you at the Open Data Institute are, are, are well aware of that are going on to improve that position. So, you know, when, when contactless comes on all buses, um, we will immediately have a whole host of data that we've been previously unable to get. And as, as more of that people shift onto that type of channel, then we'll, we'll, we'll have more data. There's lots more being done with their systems, but this is almost a blank piece of paper, I guess, for us. And from the, you know, from the off, we are data led, you know, data dependent and, Genuinely, the business model of Ariva Click and how we run it is so much more agile, thinking about growth, revenue, commercials, customer data on a daily, weekly basis, as opposed to monthly looking at trading that had gone the, you know, the month before. It's just a different, just enables you to work differently, I guess, as a business. And the data you've got will be hugely valuable for other parties as well. So local authorities thinking about, you know, their network of bus stops and bus stations um, connectivity transport planners will be interested to see mass movements of passengers and multimodal connections and stuff are you doing anything about sharing that data or or you know bits of that data with with some of those people or others yes i mean in answer to your initial point very much of interest to, to all of those people um for obvious reasons and and, and to us as a business as well because you know whilst i said earlier we don't expect that demand responsive transport will replace fixed route service in the future, but we, we absolutely believe that it will shape the network differently. So, you know, my view of where this will go is, you know, fixed in certain elements, complemented by flexible services in other places. And to Rebecca's point, and ours is the same, is that the data we have is one thing. We can also see in the system where people are re- requesting journeys either outside of the hours in areas where we don't operate, which helps you to build up a picture of where you would go next. And I think that's really valuable because it's it's not just data once you're running the service, it's data in order to set up the service. Um, so that's the answer to the first part. How much are we sharing? Um, at the moment, we're not openly sharing that data, um, but you know, 
I spend a lot of time talking to local authorities. We we openly share the results of our pilots, and we've always said that. And with all parties we talk to, where we understand that this is something that we're all learning about as an industry, so we're we're really happy to share that data. And you know, um, I, I definitely see that as we get more in, down that road of open data, this is precisely the type of data that you want to share, and we're open to sharing. So that you know, if our ultimate goal is how can we make public transport just as or more convenient to individuals as a car, then we need to give them the information to make that choice, whether it's to choose to use us or whether it's to choose to use Transdev or any other operator or, or a bus or a, or a taxi or a bike, then that, you know, that's my view of where, where we should be going with it. I'd say we've been in a really similar place in, with regards to data, but just when you were speaking there, I think we, we often describe Vermoos as, yes, it's innovative, but it's grown out of a bus company and we touched on this earlier on how how has that happened we we've come both come out of um bus companies that do traditional bus services um but i think that's really important for both of our products that that this isn't somebody hasn't come along and and designed some technology that they they're trying to apply to another industry we've from from the ground up developed technology within the industry because we know we've got to resolve some problems and, and this is our answer to it, albeit they're different. And that, that I think, is going to be key to the success because you can't just walk into a new industry and try and push push technology on it. It just doesn't matter. It's, it's, it doesn't work. It's got to come out of what people are sort of seeing, seeing and feeling every day. And when you're talking about data just then... Um, that's the key, isn't it? You know, we're talking to local authorities all the time, but more than that, we're we're well aware of our own industry and the challenges in it. And yeah, what we've got here is two two very different but similar sort of products that are that are responding to that and and achieving some really great things too. Absolutely. So, what does the future hold then for for you for um, for Moose and and Click? But then also, what are your thoughts on, on the future of, of, of DRT as, as a whole? So for Vermoos, um at the moment, the, the majority of our portfolio of work is home to school travel. It's home to work travel as well. That's where it's going to continue to, to grow for us, but not just on the Transdev footprint with all of our partners across Liverpool, Birmingham, Reading, the south southwest, um, Teesside as well. You know, we've got a growing number of partners who are wanting to do what we're doing um, so we're working really closely with them to make sure that we can achieve the same things in their areas as we have for ourselves um, and as I said we're potentially looking internationally as well um, but we're, we we know this isn't you know the the final the final product um, over the last 18 months that Vermoos since we launched um, it has developed a lot in that time um, because it was just you know somebody's idea in the first place it wasn't the finished product and and we know, we know it's not now so we're going to keep investing in that technology that we've got we're going to keep trying to grow it and making sure that it is actually what we really need to to resolve some of these issues um as for the whole demand responsive um side to things I don't, it's interesting isn't it uh, you just wait and see because there are so many different products out there and as as you've said, there's there's ours and there's others entering the market and there's more and more coming into that market. And it's really interesting to see um, they're not all going to work. 
so so what what is going to work and that is that is a really exciting time to be in our industry because we can we're, we're going to find out pretty soon i reckon what what works and what doesn't but at the same time there's going to be new people coming in all the time so yeah that's not that's not a very clear answer to your <laughs> to your question answer. but it's it's, yeah. it's i i sort of if we're finishing it's exciting yeah because we we've we've got exciting stuff here and other people are doing exciting stuff too yeah, I mean, I'd echo that enthusiasm from Rebecca. From an Ariva Click perspective, um, we've talked about the, the trial that we've been running in Sittingbourne um, for about 18 months now. Uh, we're six weeks into the into our first commercial city launch in Liverpool, which is doing really well. Um, so we'll continue to grow both of those. Sittingbourne works really well for us to keep testing. You know, as Rebecca said, We've always taken the view that this is a minimum viable product that we want to develop in conjunction with our customers. So we've made lots and lots of changes over the last 18 months uh, to the product. And I'm sure that will continue as we keep moving forward to to, to refine it. So it's it's a product that people want. Um, so we continue to do that in Sittingbourne and then use the results, I guess, in Liverpool where we're growing. Um, I'm also speaking to lots of local authorities about uh, what Click can do in their area and I guess watch this space in terms of to see where we go next. Um, more generally for the, for the new mobility sector in the industry, I think as Rebecca said and as I said earlier, the pace of change even in the couple of years and few years that I've been focused on this has been huge and there is still an increasing amount of interest from smaller players that are coming in to operate from technology platforms that are are coming out that are you know developing demand responsive type technology and also from our um, car manufacturer colleagues in terms of thinking about their future business strategy and what will happen to the to to ownership of of the the private car and and you know there's a a couple of big players uh, well all of the big players have some stake in ride sharing but a couple of big players that have really moved on in the last year or so so it is an extremely exciting time and the pace of change is really fast. I think the bits that we know and, and what Rebecca said earlier, which I think is an important point, to, I guess, to end on is from a from a transport operator point of view, we understand the challenges, um, but we're not... Um, we're not kowtowed or, or down about it. You know, we're, we're, we're enthusiastic, we're excited because fundamentally we're in the business of getting people where they need to get to to do the things they want to do and people want to get places and they want to do things they want to do it in different ways now and that's our job to respond and and deliver things that are different and that's just going to get bigger and better I think. What a great way to finish I think you both you said the word excited about three or four times there so I think that's exactly the sentiment it's uh it's an exciting future. Um, thank you both for contributing. Thank you for your answers and your input. Um, I suppose you, you both represent two uh, products in a, in a large um, but changing uh, and growing market. Um, and it's been great to have your, your insights here today. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of All Aboard. All Aboard is an ODI Leeds production, hosted by Neil McClure, edited by Stuart Lowe, music credit to Lata. If you want to continue the conversation, or if you have suggestions for future topics, you can get in touch with us on Twitter using at ODI Leeds and the hashtag All Aboard. <laughs>